The Mamahood podcast is sponsored by Ryla Pack. You've heard us talk about Ryla many times. That's because they are truly the end-all, be-all of diaper bags. Trust us, we've tried them all. And while all of the diaper bags have eventually found a home in the bottom of my closet or being used for something else, my Ryla bag is still the one coming everywhere with me even years later. Ryla is comfortable and utilizes the space in such a smart way. It's got enough room for everything, but it doesn't feel remotely bulky or heavy on my back. Ryla bags are made of high quality, easy to wipe down leather and full of functional and insulated pockets for all of your little baby items. Not only is it perfect for having a small baby though, but the Ryla bag is fashionable and cute in any season of life. So head to rylapack.com and change your life. That's R-Y-L-A-Pack.com and use code MAMAHOOD for 15% off. This deal is pretty exclusive, so I'd hurry and go get yourself a nice gift today. rylapack.com and code MAMAHOOD for 15% off. Now let's get to our episode. Mama, a word that we all know, a word some of us hear a thousand times a day, and some are anxiously waiting for. It's a title accompanied by immense joy, deep loss, and hearty laughter. We love mamas. We love your strength and your sacrifice. We honor your easy days and the days where you hide in your closet. Because we have them too. We know that moms need moms. That's where we come in. And the best part is, you can show up in your messy buns and your sweatpants and we'll never know. In fact, we're probably in ours too. We hear you and we want to connect with you. This is your community. We want you to know that motherhood is important. Motherhood is valuable. The work you do each day matters. So welcome to our sisterhood. Welcome to our circle. Welcome Welcome to to the the Mamahood. Hey mamas, welcome to another episode of the Mamahood podcast. I'm Marin Bay, and this episode is being recorded with my co-host Eden Lee. Um, I just wanted to jump in here really fast and let you guys know that this episode was actually recorded several months ago. So if you hear anything that doesn't fit into it being um, this current season, that's why. And over the past few months, we took a little hiatus from posting episodes. I actually had a baby um, and we had kind of a lot of crazy things happen. Our car got stolen. It was a really crazy period of time. So um, we appreciate you waiting for us and being patient throughout this little break that we took. We're excited to continue posting episodes throughout the rest of the year and then have some really, really fun um, new topics in the new year. Um, so this episode is about treasuring motherhood. It's something that um, is very close to my heart and to Eden's heart as we vulnerably share some experiences that we've gone through that have really shifted our perspective on being a mom, and I hope you enjoy it. Hi, Eden. Hi, Marin. I'm so excited to talk to you today because I love the topic that we're going to talk about. Um, I'm not going to lie, it's going to get a little bit heavy at the start because Marin and I are both going to share some experiences that we've had that have completely changed our perspective on motherhood and I just think that this topic is probably the most important topic for both of us to talk about. Yeah, for sure. Like probably, I don't know. I can't think of one that's more important to me for sure. Oh Um, no, this is like checks the top of my boxes. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So, um, and, and, and you may or may not, if you're listening, have had an experience like this. If you have, 
um, I'd invite each person listening to think about something that's happened to them or an experience that could help you embrace this topic or relate to it. Um, And if you haven't, that's totally okay. I think that is exactly why storytelling is important and why podcasts and blogs and all of these um, opportunities to tell stories is important because it allows us to borrow off of someone else's experience in order to help our own life. Um, So I'll start, since Eden and I have both had experiences that have been on different, completely different ends of the spectrum, which I think is what makes it... um, really good that we're having this discussion. Um, Anyway, so essentially we're talking about treasuring motherhood and how certain experiences can cause us to start treasuring motherhood more. Um, And I think Eden and I have talked about how it's sometimes kind of trendy or... um, I just feel like something that happens, especially in like the meme world, you know, (laughs) like to kind of bag on motherhood and um, or to to talk about why it's so hard. And it is hard. Um, It's it's hard. Every day is a stretch. It's stretching us. And like no one enjoys being in the grocery store with screaming toddlers I like I you can't enjoy that experience no (laughs) (laughs) but I think that both Eden and I have had an experience that caused us to realize that even those moments of a screaming child in the grocery store are something that we do love and that we do treasure and it's made it motherhood so much more special and wonderful for us um so If you have been following me on Instagram or anything, you may have heard this story. Um, But a year ago, I got in a crazy car accident. Um, And I think it's common for people to get in car accidents, but this was like otherworldly. So what happened was... um, I was hit by a semi truck. We were, I was pulling around a corner and a large, what the officers referred it to is a belly dump, a double belly dump. Do you know what that is? It's like, it's like a construction semi truck. It's the type that has like two, two big trailers behind it. So there's the, the cab and then there's two big trailer so it's a double right yeah like and those ones. yes huge huge and full of like cement basically um or whatever isn't it so <laughs> I think I thought it was cement but anyway so um or dirt or something okay I'm rambling about that that doesn't matter <laughs> something super heavy like, was it dirt was it rocks I don't know it doesn't matter so <laughs> anyway so I was turning right and this semi driver he was in the straight turning lane next to me I was turning right he was going straight and he decided he wanted to turn right and so he was going to just turn right from the straight lane Um, and he was waiting for me to turn Um, but I was being very cautious because I couldn't see around his truck very well and so I was kind of doing that thing where you kind of like ease out and then stop and ease out a little more 
um, cause I was just making sure it was safe to turn. And before I could even turn, he honked at me and like looked at me. Like he was irritated that I wasn't turning fast enough. And he just went around my car and I, it was like shocking. He was aggressive. He was mad. Um, and he just started turning around my car and I was seeing like, it was so weird. I was seeing like the truck getting closer and closer to my car and closer and closer to my window. And I was like, okay, it looks like he's going to hit me, but, but this happens all the time, right? Like, like what is he doing? Cars get really close to us all the time. And it's like, oh my gosh, it looks like they were going to hit me, but I'm fine. Right. And so I was like, okay, it looks like he's going to hit me. And then all of a sudden it was like an explosion. It was like, he was just like over my car all the glass shattered in on me the roof caved in on me and my car was under his truck and he was dragging my car so my car got like caught under the 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 trailer basically so He's driving. I'm like screaming my guts out. Like I've never screamed like that in my life. I'm like honking my horn, trying to drive my car out from under his trailer and I can't drive it out. It's completely wedged underneath. Oh my God. And I'm expecting him to realize that he has crushed a small car. I was driving our like beater car at the time. Thank goodness that I was not driving with my children I was just driving with my my husband's like beater car at the time um and so um I'm expecting him to stop but he doesn't stop he's dragging my car like my car is under his cab and he's just still going he's turning and he's speeding up going down this road like he doesn't realize that he's hit you he either doesn't he says he didn't realize and that's insane to me. I'm like, how do you not realize that? Like so dragging I feel like another car. <laughs> either he was extremely like aggressive or delusional or we haven't figured it out. The case has gone to the district attorney to figure out. But anyway, so he just keeps driving down the road. My car is being dragged down this road and it's gradually going more and more under his vehicle and I can feel like the heat of this cab next to my face and I'm screaming I'm like bawling I'm like this is how I'm gonna die he's not stopping and I had the most insane experience I started feeling like okay I started feeling peaceful of like I'm going to die. This is how I'm going to die. And I was like accepting it. And I, and I was having this like, almost like a peaceful spiritual experience of like, I'm gonna die. And so thinking about my kids and like praying that they would be okay and that Dallin would be okay when he found out and that they would all be fine. And I started feeling this peace come on me of like, this is how I'm gonna die. And then all of a sudden, I just heard this voice that was like, no, jump out. And I was like, okay. 
And this was like an out of body experience for me, out of body. I like, I never would have done this. And there still to this day, it's been a year and Dallin will turn to me randomly and be like, I can't believe you jumped because it was so insane. Like I would never in my right mind do this in my daily life, like jump out of a moving vehicle. So all of a sudden the voice, no, you're not going to die, jump out. So I undo my seatbelt, there's glass everywhere, there's like smoke everywhere, I can't see anything, but my car is getting like crushed, it's like loud, I can't even tell you how loud, and I climbed over into the passenger seat and opened up the passenger door, and I'm like staring at the ground moving, and I jumped out, and it was so crazy, it was the craziest experience of my entire life. And I actually don't remember the, like, actual jump because, and I've learned through therapy that when you have a near-death experience, your brain can block out, um, like, a shocking experience involved with it. So I don't exactly remember the moment of jumping. I remember staring at the ground and thinking, like, this jump could kill me or break every bone in my body, but it's my only chance at surviving right now. So anyway... I jumped out, somehow made my way over to the grass that was in front of a college that he was driving past. Um, it's a tech college, and the entire college has glass windows, so hundreds of students came running out who had all seen the accident happen. Oh and God. suddenly I was like on the grass in front of this college, and I'm like surrounded by people. And I didn't have a broken bone. I had lots of like cuts and bruises, but um, no broken bones, no like serious damage done from this, which is insane to me. I absolutely know that angels were catching me. Um, Anyway, so I survived. He saw me jump out and pulled over. The cops were there, the paramedics, everything, and um, all is well. But um, actually, one of my favorite little like tidbits of the story is that there was lots of cars behind me who witnessed the accident, who pulled over and were coming to help or whatever, because everyone's like, this woman just like jumped from a car, OMG, right? Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> This one girl comes running, and she was wearing a Chick-fil-A uniform. I think she was on her way to work at Chick-fil-A or on her way home or something. And she, I kid you not, like, she she was the best. She was, like, my little angel. She came right to my side. She was the first person there, and she was like, what do you need? Where's your phone? Where's your wallet? Who should I call? And I just pointed at my car because I was, like, shaking and crying, and I was just, like, in total shock. And she ran in my car dug through like the glass and the debris and everything and found my wallet and found my phone for me and she brought my phone back and she was call asking who to call and I always laugh because my husband's phone name in my phone at the time was baby daddy as a joke so she's like who should I call and I was like call baby daddy (laughs) she's like oh okay I'll call your baby daddy so anyway um 
But I just thought it was cute because every time she like did something, like called him or gave me my wallet or something, and I would say thank you, she'd say my pleasure, which is like oh, what the Chick Fil A definitely worked at Chick Fil A. My pleasure. Looking back, I'm oh, like that's, that's so, so funny. Cute. Anyway, so I had this near death experience, and um, it 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 has affected me mentally. I've gone to therapy because of. Um, near-death experience PTSD which can cause out-of-body experiences which is something that I have written about um online and um I just it completely changed the way that I saw my life um I remember that night after the accident Dallin encouraged me to go to my hot yoga class and um like give my body some love and some heat and I took it super easy at my yoga class but I really felt encouraged to go and I just remember standing there in my yoga class with my hand on my heart and feeling it beating and that moment changed my life because I really thought my life was going to end I really thought I would never raise my babies again and I really 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 accepted the fact that I wouldn't get to be their mom anymore. And accepting that and then receiving the gift of life and motherhood again after that changed me in a way that I can't describe. Um, It was like before the accident, I had all these other goals and ideas in mind for what I'm supposed to be, what I'm supposed to do, Um, how I can influence or change the world or how I can fulfill this life goal or this dream or this whatever, how I can, you know, I just had this long list of goals and, um, and that's great. It's great to have goals, but suddenly after the accident, I didn't care about any of those anymore. I didn't care about Instagram or um, any other type of thing that typically fills my mind, I cared about being a mom because that was almost taken from me. And still to this day, I'll go into my baby's room in the middle of the night last night to rock her back to sleep when she's crying and I'll just hold her head and smell it and cry and thank Heavenly Father that I jumped out of the car and that he helped me survive and that I'm here being a mom. And every single day, I see um, people wishing it away. And I understand that mindset because I've been there where it's hard and, and you wonder if you're really doing much. But I, I don't wish it away anymore. I never wish it away. I never wish away the tantrums or the nighttime crying or the whining or 800 snacks in a day that my babies want I don't wish it away because I almost lost it and I'm just so grateful that I get to be here and just see them grow up um and I treasure my motherhood so much more my gratitude grows each day that I'm here and that I'm their mom and I don't want to do anything else there's nothing else that compares to that for me um so that was my experience. Wow. 
<laughs> I'm like speechless. I'm like sitting here just like, oh my gosh. Oh, just everything you said. I'm just like your whole story. It just chills over my whole body because life is just so fragile. Mm-hmm. And it's yeah. just everything you said is so beautiful and true. And first off, what a miracle that you're here, which makes it makes me think, which you've probably already thought of this. I'm sure your husband has already talked to you about this, but like, why are you here? There's probably a reason that you heard right. a voice that said, no, jump. Because yeah. there's something that you need to do here. And maybe it's raising those babies and they needed you a little bit longer, you know? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And I think you hit it right on the head. All of a sudden, life became very fragile to me. And I know your experience too, which we'll hear next, is the same way. But when, when you realize how quickly life can end, like I think we all live in this like perpetual idea that like, oh, that won't happen to me. Oh, yeah. That person died, but that can't happen to me. Mm-hmm. That baby died, but that can't happen to me. But the truth of the matter is, as hard as, as hard as it is to say this to everyone right now, not to put people in a state of anxiety, but rather to put people in a state of gratitude, that life can end at any moment. I never expected that to happen on that day. Yeah. And li- life can end any moment. And so if you, if you knew that you only had one more day with your kids... How would you live it? How would you treat them? How grateful would you be for every moment that we usually think are annoying or hard or exhausting? How would you treat those moments if you knew you weren't ever going to be their mom again tomorrow? And I think that's what that experience did was now I feel that way. Tomorrow I could die in a car accident. So how do I want to spend today being their mom? Gosh, I'm like so emotional. (laughs) I don't know how I'm even going to tell mine. I'm like not even going to get through it. Gosh. But it's, I feel like I get so emotional because it's just, I feel it so hard. And everything you say just like resonates with me so deeply. Um, Exactly what you said. I've lived my whole life in a state of, that don't never happen to me. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, yeah, that's so sad that that happened to that person. But, like, I'm good. That's that's never going to happen to me. I'm never going to experience that. Um. So this is hard for me, and it's, like, actually pretty traumatic for me because obviously you never expect something bad to happen. You don't. and And when it does, it's, like, very traumatic. So anyways, yeah. on Christmas, this last Christmas, it was just like a normal day. Um, once again, I have three boys and then a baby girl who was about 17 months at the time. And um, the kids, obviously it's Christmas. They woke up super early. They're stoked. (laughs) We're like, because we tell them, you can't come out of your room in the morning. Like, wait till mom and dad come up. So, of course, they're like screaming out of their rooms, wake up, wake up. Mm -hmm. So, we're like, we're up and we come up and it was super early. My kids sleep in usually really late. So, it was like 6 a.m., which is really early for my kids. And 
I went in and I got Rio, my daughter, and I could tell that she wasn't feeling great. But it wasn't like, oh, she's super sick, you know. Mm -hmm. I'm just like, oh, she doesn't feel good. She had a stuffy nose. She had like some boogers and just felt like she didn't feel great. I'm like, oh, poor girl. And so we just went down, had a great morning. We opened presents, had breakfast, and just hung out the whole day. And around 1.30, I was like, I'm going to go put Rio down. Like, she doesn't feel good. And I just want her to have, like, an early nap. Like, I just know she's not feeling great. So I put her down for a nap. And, like, the reason of me saying this is, like, nothing was off in the day. It wasn't Mm -hmm. like I had something that I missed. Like, this was just a day like any other day. And my little girl had a stuffy nose. Honestly, how it was. So I put her down for a nap and she usually naps for two hours and it had been, it had been just about two hours and my husband's like, I'm going to go check on Rio. And I'm like, why the heck would you go check on her? She's, she doesn't Mm -hmm. feel good. It's almost been two hours, which is a normal nap. Like just let her sleep. So we like listened to me and we kind of went on with our day. And now at this point it had been like three hours. And, um, Ryan kept coming up to me, like, I'm, I'm going to go up to Rio's room real quick. And I kept being like, babe, like she'll wake up when she wakes up. Like she doesn't feel good. Let her sleep. And so then I was FaceTiming my mom and cause she lives in Utah and we're in Florida. And so we were FaceTiming her, me and the boys just kind of showing her like, Oh, look what they got. And we did this this morning and just talking to her on FaceTime. And Ryan went up to Rio's room, just completely ignored me saying, don't wake her up. Mm-hmm. And he went up there to check on her. And I was downstairs and I just heard him start screaming. Like, I'm like, my husband is like, to even think of him like screaming like that again, like it like just makes me have a huge lump in my throat and like get shaky because... I've never heard him like even make that sound, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So he starts screaming for me like, Eden, Eden, Eden. And I dropped my phone and ran up the stairs as fast as I could and saw him holding Rio who was, um, I mean, it was funny because I've never actually seen a seizure besides like movies, mm-hmm. but immediately I'm like, she's having a seizure. Like I just knew, like I was very matter of fact and I, I kind of yeah. didn't panic right in that moment I just was like she's having a seizure and I grabbed her and um she was completely not there in the eyes you know like if mm-hmm. anyone has witnessed their child have a seizure it's the scariest thing you've ever seen because they're not there but their body is twitching in a way that you've just that you've seen in movies that it's just yeah. like you bizarre you never think it's yeah it's bizarre you never think that's gonna happen to you and I felt completely unprepared I didn't know what to do and so we got to the hospital and they couldn't stop the seizure and at this point we don't know how long she'd been seizing because Ryan found her in her bed seizing it could have been hours which I've had to have lots of therapy of guilt for not you know I felt like how could I have been so off why, as a mom, I preach on Instagram 
every day of your motherly intuition and you have all the tools that you need. And then I felt like, what the heck? Where was my motherly intuition? Because if it were me alone, my baby girl would have died for sure. Um, but then I was so grateful for Ryan because he, he was filling that prompting all day, all day. He was like, I'm going to go check on her. I'm going to go check on her. And you know, and I kept like dismissing it. Stop it. Stop it. So I'm so grateful for him ignoring me and following his fatherly intuition and saving Mm -hmm. our, our baby girl. Um, so we got to the hospital and they couldn't stop the seizure. So it, it wouldn't stop. And we didn't know how long it had been for, for us, like physically seeing the seizure, it had been 30 minutes. So it'd been a very long seizure. It's not one of those ones that happens for like two minutes and then it resolves. So it wasn't mm-hmm. resolving and they finally gave her a medication, which I can't remember what it's called. Not that that matters. And she stopped seizing and just was unconscious. So then we had to get into an ambulance and we were rushed to a children's hospital. And did you have your children with you, your boys? Oh my gosh. So yes. So we, and this is one of those things that I'm just like, it's so important to be prepared. And like, I didn't even know if I wanted to share this out of embarrassment, honestly, and like so guilt. But like in the moment of her seizing in my arms, I felt so helpless. Like there was nothing I could do to save her. There was, there was nothing I could do. I'm like, oh, she's having a seizure. I don't know what to do. And the only thing that I felt like I could do was like jump in the car and rush to the hospital, which was wrong. Like that is not what you should do. You should call 911 and the ambulance can get to you way faster. Like that is what you should do. And I'm so grateful for it, the way everything turned out because if it hadn't, I don't, I don't know if I could have forgiven myself for that. But yes, so we had, which is super traumatic for all of our kids because they were all with us and were like freaking out. Like she's having a seizure and we all were like, get in the car. And they all jumped in the car. They all buckled up and we just zoomed off as fast as we could. And like I ran into the hospital carrying her and Ryan just waited in the car with the boys and like I feel so bad for him because he sat in the car like had no idea what what happened you know like he was just like just waited what were you supposed to do like I don't even know what we would have done either I know well what you should do is (laughs) you call 911 and they'll come to you you put your like now I'm like I know what to do I have like a game plan of what I do you get your baby out if they're seizing you lay them on a soft surface and turn them on their side and you, they're aware, I guess. And you just like, oh, I know it's so hard. I'm right here. It's going to be over soon. Well, 911 is called. And then they'll be there. And they'll take care of it. But I didn't know that. And I didn't do that. So, anyways. Eden, I, got- I just got to tell you, though. I would have done the exact same thing. You're so sweet. You don't. You're so nice. I, like, even after I'm, like, like when I didn't know if she was going to be okay, I'm, like, I, like, I killed my baby. Like, <laughs> It was so traumatic. Anyways. Um, and I know. Like, and I for, like, like, I know all of my irrational thoughts are irrational. Like, I'm not crazy. I know when a thought is irrational or, like, the guilt of it. It's like, okay, what mom who has a sick baby is going to be like, let's wake them up early. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. No mom is going to do that. I know that I didn't 
do anything wrong, but it's just irrational thoughts that I know that I've had to work through. But, um, so we got rushed over to this other children's hospital and she was just unconscious and they came and they told us that because the seizure was so long and it was also a one-sided seizure. So it wasn't like a full body seize. It was just on her left side. Um, she was like, obviously they can't see me. (laughs) You guys aren't going to know what I'm doing, but she was like, kind of like sucking in like a on her left side, like up Mm. and then like twitching on her left side, which is more worrisome because it can mean that there's something like on the right side of your brain, like more of a, a certain spot that's affected instead of just like an all over seizure. So it was just a, a, a more scary seizure. Um, and that it lasted so long because usually Mm -hmm. they will resolve themselves and that's for the most part, usually what happens and it hers didn't. So they told us that we're, they're just going to monitor, monitor her until she wakes up. And when she wakes up, then we'll kind of know where we're at and see if she's okay and see what the seizure did because it was so long, it could have had a permanent impact on her brain and so okay so she she went to bed around one two ish for um her nap and she didn't wake up until 3 a.m which that is a long time it was 12 plus hours of me sitting there like I don't know if my baby's gonna be okay like all night, I just watched her. Um, so she oh, finally woke up, and when she woke up and looked at me, her eyes were gone. Like, um, I remember being on the phone with Ryan, like, she's waking up, and because he was at home with the boys, and he was crying on the phone. He's like, Do I still have my girl? Is she still my girl? And I was just, and, and I'm looking at her as her eyes are waking up, and she was gone in the eyes and I was sobbing just like I don't know I don't know if she's still there and there was like a couple more hours of her just not really being there and I asked them if I could try and nurse her and they told me that I could and so I picked her up and I I nursed her which she did nurse which was such a good sign and I remember I, I nursed her on my left side. And so her her left side was up. Like, mm-hmm. does that make sense? Yes. Yeah. Her I left can see side her left side. Mm-hmm. Yes, I could see her left side. And usually she reaches up. She likes to, like, play with my hair, like, tickle my face. And her, her arm was just, like, limp off the back of her. And I was like, this isn't normal. Like, she can't move her left side. And her right side was moving, but her left side was just not moving at all and and they did they're like yeah that's a little bit of a red flag like we definitely want to do some more tests so the next day um she started to become like more aware I felt like her eyes came back and that was like a moment of relief like she's still her like I don't know the physical changes that are going to come from this but like 
she's there and mm-hmm. and she knows I'm here and she was like wanting me to hold her but like the left side of her body wouldn't move it just wouldn't and like she couldn't sit up she was like wobbly and um so the reason for the seizure because I know people will ask is that it was a febrile seizure which are I guess common in kids I didn't think they were but I guess they are and um they they um they called hers a complex febrile seizure because it was one-sided and didn't resolve itself and had just like more red flags that we had to look into. Her fever was only 101. She just had like a common virus um, called a denovirus, which I learned of. They're like, they're like, is your child in daycare? I'm like, no, I actually homeschool. <laughs> we don't go no, out. No, not so. even close. Yeah, <laughs> not even close. Because um, they're like, yeah, we usually call it the daycare virus just because it's like, what all the kids that go to daycare get. Um, and her, her fever was only 101. I guess it just spiked super fast, and that's what caused the seizure. So they they were worried because the next day she wasn't able to sit up or do anything on her own, and so they wanted to run more tests. They did an EEG where they put, like, wires all over her head, and um, they, like, told me, they're like, we, we feel like everything's going to be fine. We just want to do this just in case. So I was like, okay. And so they did the test, and of course they come back, and they're like, we actually did get some inconsistencies in her brain, um, and we, we want to do an MRI because it, it could be serious, which just sucked because even when they like kind of reassured me, like, it's we're just being safe, I was just like, okay. And then it came back with bad news. I was like, oh, my gosh. Like, yeah. Ugh. Well, and every Why? bit of every bit of your child may not be okay. Even in daily life, at the pediatrician, it sucks and causes intense worry. So when you're in that kind of situation, like I just can't imagine the fear yeah. and the concern. Oh, it was so scary every single second of it. And so they did the EDG. They found that little inconsistency in the waves and so they wanted to do an MRI and like I can't even explain what she she was just like a limp baby like she couldn't she couldn't sit up she couldn't squeeze me she couldn't she couldn't do anything and Mm -hmm. so they did the MRI and they did find a spot on her brain of swelling and and it it was all like consistent with what was happening like it was on the right side of her brain which affects the left side of her body which was the one-sided seizure and it just all like made sense and they said it's swollen and it's probably due to the prolonged seizure and they were hoping there's like nothing they could really do but they were hoping that the swelling would go down and that she would be able to walk again and that's what they told us so we were in the hospital for three days, and finally, on the third day, we were able to go home. And and at this point, when we went home, she was able to sit and grab things, but she could not walk. I kept saying, like, for people that weren't with us, I'm like, it's like she's drunk. She mm-hmm. can't, she can't walk. Like, she'll try, it's like she's dizzy. She'll walk and just, like, fall over. Like, she cannot mm-hmm. walk. And she was probably like that for two more days while we were home and then perfectly fine like nothing happened just walking happy herself nothing ever happened wanting her food more thanks mama like normal and like nothing 
which was kind of like a whiplash. I'm like, oh my God. Like, it was exactly what we were praying for, but it was just. Like she just woke up one day and was normal? Yep. Just woke up and was like running. And I said this before, like, I'm so grateful. Yeah, she's completely fine. She's perfect. But now I'm not. <laughs> and I mm-hmm. felt like, you know, you go through all of these things. Like how many days have I taken for granted by dismissing my kids' needs or being annoyed over something spilled or broken and, you know, just taking it for granted of motherhood and being my kid's mom and having my babies. Because, like we said, in a second, it can be gone and they can be taken from you. I I feel like I do my absolute best to feed my kids the best foods and put the best things into their bodies and get them good exercise and make sure they're taken care of. So a seizure was literally out of left field for me. I never in a million years thought that would happen to me. And it left me really just shaken up, but it gave me it gave me like an overwhelming gratitude of motherhood. And like you said, I treasure the gift to be a mother to every single one of my kids every single day because I almost lost my baby and it's a miracle that Ryan listened to his prompting and found her and it's a miracle that she was able to recover a hundred percent and I I treasure every second I get to be with him that's not saying it's not hard some days and my kids don't scream at me or yell at me and things aren't frustrating they are but I'm able to step back and be like, I'm so grateful that I get to be here and I get to be your mom and that you get to be here with me. Um, you just never know with your kids if something's going to be your last. And so with my kids, every time they do something that's maybe difficult or frustrating, I try and say, I'm so grateful that you're here. And, like, if this was my last moment, how would I want it to be? I am just speechless. Like, I feel like I've been through, like, a roller coaster of emotions through this story. And <laughs> I'm just listening to it. I didn't go through it. Um, but I am so glad she's okay. I'm so, like... I beyond see the hand of God in this situation and this story. And um, I'm just proud of you. I wish I could give you a hug through the computer right now. Um, Seriously, so sweet. And like you mentioned at this, towards the beginning, you're like, what if, um, like, what if I'd been there by myself or, and Ryan hadn't been there? Or what if, Um, you know, there's, there's all these what ifs and then it wouldn't have worked out and then it would have been bad and it would have been this or that. And, um, I've asked these questions too. I've asked over and over again to God and my therapist and Dallin, what if my kids were in the car? I wouldn't have jumped out, right? I wouldn't have abandoned them and jumped out. What if, um, what if the semi-truck had been one foot closer to me? It would have just taken out my body. What if, yeah. what if, what if, right? And the answer, though, is, but it wasn't. That's not what happened. Like, yeah. you weren't home by yourself with the kids. And, and I, like, saw that 
like through it because I I've always tried in my life to be like a glass half full kind of person mm-hmm. and always um, just trying to see the good that comes out of things and looking back on the story it's kind of funny because when Rio was napping before I FaceTimed my mom I would like took a shower and I got ready and my mother-in-law had given me some shoes for Christmas and we weren't going anywhere. And I was like, I'm going to put on my new shoes. Mm-hmm. And I was putting, like, I remember, this is so dumb, like that I cry over this. <laughs> like I'm laughing and like, welling up with tears, but I was tying my shoes and I was even thinking like, Ryan's going to make fun of me for putting on my shoes. Like as I'm tying them and I'm like, but I, I want to wear my shoes. Mm-hmm. And when this all happened, like, I literally grabbed her and ran in the car, and I had shoes on. Yeah. <laughs> and when we got to the hospital, I, w- I looked at them, and I'm like, I'm so grateful I have my shoes on. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, the nurses laughed at me after everything was okay. But, like, even at I, – I just feel like Heavenly Father has – is in your life in every mm-hmm. single step. If you give him the opportunity to be there and to recognize him. Mm-hmm. Because I looked back and even in the thick of it, I didn't know if I was going to lose my baby. And I looked at them like, I'm so grateful I have my shoes. Because mm-hmm. I remembered that I almost didn't put them on. And I'm so grateful because how much easier mm-hmm. was it that Get I had shoes as I ran and spent three days in the hospital, you know. Um, exactly. But Heavenly Father's hand is always so prominent in your life if you can just step back and realize it you can Mm -hmm. find even in not good outcomes you can find the miracle that he played to help you get to where you are right exactly I love that you had shoes on Um, (laughs) and and that's the thing is like it's easy for us to be like but but it almost went this way or almost went that way or but it didn't. And so there's, you don't need to feel that guilt because you can know, like, I was taken care of. It was just the right situation where my husband was there and he felt that. And it was Christmas and we were home and um, I had shoes on, right? I had shoes on. <laughs> and I was taken care of and it, they weren't there. And this is what I've had to tell myself too as I've worked through the trauma from the car accident is like my kids weren't in the car. And no matter what happens now, they were still never in the car during that accident. They'll never have been in the car during that accident. Heavenly Father made sure of that. And no matter how I think or replay it in my head, they weren't. They didn't die in that car accident with me. I, that some miracle that accident happened when I didn't have my kids, which is never. Right. I and, was going to say, how yeah. many times do you drive your car without your kids? Never. Never. <laughs> like, never. even for me, I'm like, I can maybe name a handful of times I don't have my kids with me. So, mm-hmm. like, that is truly a miracle. And so we're able to look back, like, you can look back at the shoes and look back at the fact that it was Christmas and Ryan was there and and see that we can replay stuff in our minds over and over again. But instead, I think what we're supposed to do is what we're talking about in this episode, which is 
come out of this experience with what can I learn and what can I change about myself because of this experience rather than be angry at myself or feel traumatized by it, which is a normal reaction. I think God intends for us to look at what can we change and do better. And I do want to say like, it doesn't always end well. It, we don't always get the rea- the, the reality that we want. Um, and I've had that happen too, where I'm in the hospital for myself and hoping it's just nothing and it's not nothing. Right. Um, but I think these experiences that we do have, that can change our perspective. And I think even when they don't end well, it changes our perspective too. Um, So before we keep going, I want to tell you guys about something. So constantly in our Facebook group, moms are asking other moms if they know of any ways to make side income as a stay-at-home mom. And I actually have an amazing solution to tell you about today from our sponsor, Virtual Assistant University. Virtual Assistant University is a work from home opportunity. Um, Much like other online school courses and certification, this course certifies you to be a virtual assistant. It includes all the tools and experiences that you'll need to make some extra money from home and actually bring in some good side income. No multi-level marketing or recruiting involved, just an awesome career as a virtual assistant. When you buy the course, you get lifetime updates, a community, and live access to your instructor to help you start your career as a real-life virtual assistant. So you can use code MAMAHOOD to get 20% off any of their course packages. Um, This is an exclusive code that they're only giving to us. So click the link in our show notes and go and use code MAMAHOOD for 20% off your virtual assistant certification. Now let's get back to the show. Since this... And I, and, I, and I think it's cool. Mine was like an experience where I nearly lost my life and you had an experience where you, you nearly lost a child. But yet these experiences taught us the same thing, um, which is to live in the now and to enjoy every single moment of now and have an abundance of gratitude. So since this perspective change, what changes have you made in your daily life as a mom? Interactions with your kids, schedule, mindset, whatever. Like what has changed in your daily life because of this experience? Oh, I just feel like... Honestly, my entire life has changed. Like there, there's going to be the Eden before Rio's accident and then the Eden after Rio's accident. Because number one, I do not take anything for granted, like I said. Like anything at all. Because now I realize that life can change in an instant. And I've really just refocused my attention on the things that truly matter to me. Um... I have slowed way down. I love what you said before, when you said before your accident that you had a list of all these things you wanted to do to change the world and goals and all these things, which is great. Mm-hmm. Um, but when something like this happens, it really puts things into perspective because I felt the same way. I had so many goals and ways that I wanted to grow and things I wanted to share and create and then when Rio almost died, none of those things mattered and it put into perspective what truly mattered to me and it was my kids and being a mother. Um, So I cut out anything and everything that was not serving me or my family and I had to say no 
to a lot of things, which is really hard for me because I'm such a people pleaser and it's really hard for me to tell people no. Um, but my eyes have just been really open to the fact that my family really needs my attention and they need all of it. Amen. Amen. Um, I feel the exact same way. I, I, I hate to say quit, but I did quit a lot of things, um, that were not a good use of my time or weren't truly serving me. Um, and even if those things weren't anything that anybody else knew about, (laughs) but were just things in my own mind or things I was spending mental energy thinking about or dreaming about or something. And this isn't to smush people's dreams, but like, for instance, my New Year's resolutions, they usually have to do, there's usually a, a bunch of them that have to do with home and motherhood and being a wife and everything. And then a lot that has to do with myself and my ambitions and other things that's just like tick, 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 tick. I want to do this and this and this and this. And this will take time away during this day and this will take time away during this day and da 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 And this year, my New Year's word was home. And that's it. I don't have any other goals. Just do home. You, do you just do a word? Because I just I, do a word. Yeah, I just do a word. But usually I'll have a word and that. then I'll have all these other things. The goals that trickle down from that. Trickle yeah. down from that word. And this year I, ref- I didn't let myself do that. It's just home. And because I realized that before this happened, I was so, I don't know why this is making me emotional, but I was so focused on, um, what does that person think? What does that person feel? What can I do to make that person happy? What can I do to make even people who I love, my friends, my in-laws, my parents, my siblings, my neighbors, what can I do to make all these people happy? How can I be um, a, a person that they all need in their life and be the, the one that lifts them all up and inspires or whatever? And suddenly it's just like, that doesn't matter. And every single day is just a prayer. Heavenly Father, let me just care about the, what's happening within the walls of this home. That's it. What can I do to change not the world, but just this home, just my home. What can I do each day to just change this world here, this little world that we've created? Because I don't want to be anywhere else. I, I don't want to go anywhere else. I don't. <laughs> it's just so weird how it changed it. I didn't care about going to that girl's trip or that weekend away or that conference or something. It was just like, no, I just want to be home. I just want to be there. I just want to be there because when I was away from my kids and I was in this smoky car with glass shattered all over me I all I was feeling was like I just want to be home I don't want to be here right now I just want to be home so I'd say that's my biggest change is I feel that being home with my children is sacred to me and um I never want to feel that feeling again that I just want to be here, but I'm there instead. And even mentally, right? I just want to be here. And um, I think we have this stigma, like we said earlier, with like 
memes or whatever else, right? That being a stay-at-home mom is this and a stay-at-home mom is that. And yeah, I'm a stay-at-home mom. That's a phrase. And I'm like, yeah, I want to stay at home and be a mom at home. That's what I want. I don't want to be there. I want to be here. So I hope that I hope that people are are definitely taking this the right way and knowing that this is just this is this is just a huge perspective change. Totally. Well, I love that. I need to add that word home to my word, which is I I, I pick a word every year or like a phrase instead of mm-hmm. like goals. I just do like a word or a phrase, and so my word this year was surrender. And just surrender to what God's plan is for me and to things that are going to happen instead of just push back or run from it or try and change. I just want to surrender to what is. But I'm going to add home because I want to be home and surrender with my family. Mm -hmm. Oh, I love that word. That's beautiful. With the days that I have with my kids. Um, Okay, well, something that has stuck with me forever has been an experience that's my friend and she actually almost lost her daughter a couple years ago (laughs) um she almost drowned which honestly it was a complete miracle that she was okay um she honestly like she drowned and they found her and she was like lifeless and for how long she didn't have oxygen she for sure should have even if she did like come to she should have had brain damage like it was a complete miracle that she was okay. Mm-hmm. Nothing wrong. Like she had no brain damage at all. Completely fine. Crazy. Complete miracle. Um, so she shared a story one time that's just stuck with me forever. And I just feel like I want to share it here too. She said it had been like a couple weeks after her daughter almost drowned. And now she was completely fine. And she like walked into her bathroom. And she saw her little girl like sitting like standing over her toilet and one by one she was opening her mom's face (laughs) serums and dumping them into the toilet like her nice expensive face products just dumping them into the toilet and my friend said that she just stood there in the doorway and just sobbed and she was like I'm so grateful you're here to do that (laughs) I know every time that gets me because while I'm going through my hard days where my kids are dumping my nice serums down the toilet or doing something like that, I try and stop and think, I am so grateful that you're here to do that. I love it. I. It really puts everything into perspective. I'm so grateful that you're here to unroll the toilet paper. I'm so grateful yeah. that you're here to open the back door a thousand times. I'm so <laughs> grateful that you're here to come inside with chalk-covered hands yeah, and go right over to my white chair and make handprints on it. That's what my kids did the other day. Oh my um, gosh. But I don't know. I just... Well, because I know, I know that motherhood can be so exhausting. So exhausting. I have four kids. I get it. But the sentence, I'm so grateful that you're here to do this, it's just made me appreciate my calling more than ever. And now after my experience with Rio, I'm like, 
yeah, I get it. I'm just so grateful that she is here to stick her fingers into my lipstick. And I'm so grateful that the experience <laughs> that I get, the experiences that I get to share with her, the good and the bad are here and that I, I get to be her mom because I almost didn't get to have any more experiences with her at all. Yeah. Ugh. Um, quickly before I mention the, uh, another point, I just wanted to say like, when you bring that up, like, I'm so grateful you're here to do this. Um, a few months ago, we thought I had a brain tumor. Um, and I, cause I, I get these routine MRIs because, um, I have MS. And so they did my routine MRI in January and they found that like the back of my brain was sagging. Like it was down. I don't know how else to explain it. They call it a midline brain sag. So yeah, that doesn't sound glamorous at all. But um, <laughs> so the back of my brain was sagging and the doctor um, there at the hospital said, well, um, the biggest indicator I see at this point is cancer um, or, you know, like a brain tumor. And um, but there's other things it could be. So we'll, we'll double check and that like sent me away with that, right? So I'm I'm like Googling like midline brain sag, midline brain sag, midline brain sag. Like my phone had like that Google search like over and over and over again, just searching for something good. And I couldn't find anything good. Um, and I had like a horrible week <laughs> of waiting and waiting for results. And... Um, I was just on my knees every single day that week. I got on my knees probably like eight times a day, just randomly throughout the day. I would just fall on my knees and pray and be like, please don't let me miss this. I just don't want to miss this. I don't want to miss it. Like I, It's like FOMO. It's the ultimate FOMO. I see my kids playing and I hear them talking and I hear them reading and I see them coloring and I, they're cuddling and they're reading with me and like I'm just like, I don't want to miss this. Like, please don't let me miss this. Please don't take me away and make me miss this. And um, literally, like, all of our family and friends fasted and prayed that Sunday. And uh, my in-laws, who are serving in, as mission presidents right now for our church, um, for they have, like, a group of hundreds of missionaries that they're over. Um, they all fasted and prayed with us that Sunday. And on... Monday, my doctor met with me and said, yeah, I've gone over all of your, uh, all of your scans and all of your tests with the leading um, neuroradiologist and there's nothing there. And I've never seen this. I don't know what it is. I, I'm assuming it's just maybe a birth defect that you've had your whole life because I, there's absolutely nothing there. Um, and it was just a miracle. And I, I just chalk it up to prayers and, but that phrase has continued to stick with me of like, I just don't want to miss this. Don't let me miss this. And so now, um, this is where, what I was trying to get to with that point is everything that comes into my life, every opportunity, every girl's night, every girl's trip, every um, conference or program or whatever, whatever it is, anything, any opportunity that comes into my life, I ask myself, okay, 
is that, and sometimes the answer is yes, but is that worth missing this? I'm gonna step away from this, where I'm at right here, what I'm surrounded by, little hands and little fingers and little faces, and I'm gonna step away from this to do that. So I'm missing this. And this isn't to, to, to guilt trip anybody who steps away because if you have to or if it's worth it to you, then that's great. That's the answer to that question. And there are times where the answer for me is yes. It's worth it for me to miss this. But that is the biggest change that's happened to me is that's the question I ask myself all the time. And the answer has become no more than yes, which allows me to say yes to this more frequently. And um, I'm not talking about moms that have to work or, or those who, who are longing to not miss it and can't. I'm, I'm just referring to being more um, just selective about even where we spend our mental energy because I think there's a lot of times that we're, we're surrounded by this and we have a screen in front of our faces and we're missing it, right? So I'm even referring to that. I'm even referring to when we're in our own homes where where our mental energy is. And so yes, it's important. I, I think it's important to note that it's okay. Obviously, it's wonderful to have goals and ambitions. We talk about it on the show a lot, finding yourself outside of motherhood, having goals, doing things for you, self-care. But what we're talking about here is a heart change, a mindset change, a perspective and an attitude that we have as we mother our children of gratitude and gratefulness to to treasure and embrace those little monotonous moments and realize that it will pass so quickly. I completely agree with that. Um, I feel like when I say, so when I say like I've been saying no to a lot of things, I mean that now because I'm saying no to so many things, I'm allowing more time to be able to say yes to the things that fill me up. So I'm going to say this, like when you asked me to be a part of the podcast, it was literally like right in the thick of what had just happened. Like I texted you back like, Marin, (laughs) this just happened. Like it was, it was literally like day, like a couple days after we had just gotten home. And after that, after we got home from the hospital, like I hadn't touched my phone one time besides calling my husband. Like, my sisters, my mom, they were all, like, mad at me. Like, Eden, what's going on? Because I couldn't even open my text messages. I was so MIA from the world. And even for months after, I didn't even... Well, it was probably probably a month. I didn't even get on Instagram. I didn't even share our experience. Like, I had just checked out. But you had texted me right when we got home. And I had just happened to open it and read it. Like, Eden, we'd love for you to come be on the podcast. And I... I was going to respond, Marion, I love you so much and I love the podcast, but I just don't think it's something I could do. But I felt in my heart that it was something that was worth it. And I felt like it was something that if I could help one person through the words that I could share, then it was worth it. And I I have said no to so many things this the past couple months. And I see now that it made room for me to say yes, even to this. So yes, like having ambitious goals and things that you want to do are amazing and they're incredible, but it is, I love that question. Is it worth it? And I'm so glad that you said yes. And 
And so I want moms to know, like, like obviously right here in this moment, neither of us are with our kids, right? Right. We're, We're recording a podcast. We have stepped away to do this. So we're encouraging moms to step away sometimes and do something that makes them happy. But this is the, that, that perspective change of being more selective and more, um, just treasuring that motherhood so much when you're there and, um, whatever that looks like for you. And I'm really so grateful that you said yes, because we've recorded quite a few episodes where I have felt that, um, confirmation for me of why we asked you. Um, but especially this episode, I'm just like, if nothing else, the story that you've shared here and the experience that you've shared alone to me is why you got that feeling, like why you felt that even right then, right after this happened. I think that there are moms who absolutely need to hear this right now. Um, and we've, we've gotten messages that are so, so sacred to me that keeps me going with this. We've gotten messages from moms that are like, I wanted to kill myself. And I turned on the podcast and I felt like I wasn't alone. And I know that um, this story that you shared today is going to help moms feel that way, not alone, understood. It's going to make their lives better. And I'm just so honored and grateful that you're here to share it. Um, I really can't put that into words. You're you're so sweet. That like, that means so much to me. And honestly, maybe the reason I needed to say yes to it was to hear hear your story as well. Cause even today, just listening to your story, like there's so many phrases that you said that I'm going to incorporate into my own life of like a reminder, like, yeah, like I feel those things so deeply. So thanks so much for having me. (laughs) I'm so glad that you're here. Um, Um, For those listening, if you enjoyed this episode or have any sort of feedback for us at all, um, leave us a review or come and find us on Instagram. You can find Eden at Loverlees. I'll put it in the show notes. And you can find me at Marin Drew Bay. And obviously come and find us on the the dot mama hood on Instagram. Um, We love you all so much. We want you to move forward from this episode feeling empowered and happy and grateful to be a mom because you are amazing and you have a wonderful opportunity to make the biggest difference right now in your home with those little people that are surrounding you. So, yeah, do you have anything else you wanted to say? I think you covered it. I'm excited for people to hear this because I do. I think that it's the best topic to talk about is treasuring motherhood in those moments you get with your babies. Yeah. Okay. Well, we'll talk to you all next week.